God um, is the sun, right? Provides the uh, sun, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of a beautiful image. Although I wonder how I might sleep. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston. And I'm Catherine Schifferdecke. And today we are delighted to welcome a very special guest, Jennifer Kaland. She is an associate professor of New Testament at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Welcome, Jennifer. So good to be here. Yeah. Thank you for accepting our invitation. So happy to have you here. Yeah. And today we're tackling, um, you know, just a, just a tiny little question, uh, one that barely comes up at all. And that is, what does the Bible have to say about the end times? And uh, I should confess, I grew up in uh, the Mormon tradition and um, we had a lot to say about the end times, but I'm pretty sure most of it was not actually biblical. But anyway... <laughs> And I grew up in uh, in the Lutheran tradition that didn't like to talk about the end times, so we're kind of coming from opposite uh, backgrounds. <laughs> but but um, yeah, let's hand it over to you to to begin with, Jennifer. Yeah, Jennifer. I mean, the, this is a it's such a great question, right? Um, and I in in some ways really timely. So since we're having these confessional moments, <laughs> I have a bit of a confession myself, yeah. where my my 15-year-old son recently um, came to me and said, so I saw something on TikTok and, oh, no. you know, which is always red flag, right? Yep. Said, and so I'm wondering about, you know, revelation and predicting the end times. Uh, yeah. And I said, you know, as a New Testament professor, like, where did you get this from? <laughs> like, who, who, who's teaching you these things? This can't be. The algorithm. Uh, the algorithm. <laughs> why would you, how did you stumble upon this? Um, so part of me is like happy that he might be coming across biblical things and the other part um, is, is not so happy uh, about the things that he has stumbled upon. Oh, no. But um, but because of, uh, you know, the coronavirus, because of uh, lots of the effects that we're seeing right now with climate change, I think it's a pertinent question that people really are wondering yeah. um, if the things that we've read about in the biblical text are the things that we are seeing in front of us right now, mm -hmm. um, right? So when we read about a plague, is that what this is? I think that's right. a legitimate question for people to ask. But um, but. Uh, I also think we should think, what do we mean when we say the end times or the end of time? Um, you know, certainly yeah. growing up, the end of time for me, me meant this kind of catastrophic yes. um, ending of the world, right? Thanks to Hollywood. Um, that's the way I tend to think about it. Whether it's from it. a meteor or from a, or, or a, yeah. Yes. There's all kinds of ways the world can end. <laughs> right, right. Hollywood has explored lots of them i was Many told a fire them. i was told it would be a fire so oh, that yeah. would like consume all the sinners so i don't know that that was hollywood but no but we i'm sure we have seen it on screen right yeah that kind right, of picture right, right. of uh, probably a fiery meteor hitting new york city or something to that effect yeah, um yeah. But, but my sister shared this with me many, many years ago and it stuck with me. And it, she told me, she said, you know, um, people really get caught up in this, this end of the world thing. But the reality is the end of the world is when the world ends for you. 
Mm. And um, and th- this preoccupation, right? I mean, it's been happening for hundreds of years, yeah. thousands, if you think about the Mayan calendar, right? Oh, yeah. um, the Mayan calendar ended in 2012. And so people thought there would be no world after 2012, right? Um, and we had this conversation around the year 2000 when people were making preparations. We didn't think that. the computers would be able to handle that digital change. And, right. you know, um, there was this fear that again, the world was coming to an end. And so we've seen it historically. Um, it, but that just really stuck with me is that this kind of preoccupation, I think, with this vision that we have, most of it not from the Bible, quite frankly, <laughs> um, it, 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 we, we lose sight, I think, of something that might be more uh, important to think about, which is kind of our own um, end, if you will, um, yeah. a kind of our smaller kind of apocalypses um, right. as mm. opposed to uh, many apocalypses, uh, if you will, as opposed to this kind of one big moment in history that, you know, should it be true, most of us would not even witness, right? <laughs> um, That's true. That's a great point. Um, is, yeah. is the yeah. way we think uh, yeah, about yeah. it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, the, in scripture, though, before we started recording, we were talking, of course, uh, a bit about the book of Revelation, because that's the book that comes to mind mm-hmm. for yes. most people, I think, both because of, you know, uh, Hollywood and church tradition, certain church traditions, um, you know, because that's the book that has all these weird apocalyptic visions of uh, beasts and, and you know, burning f- uh, pools of fire and, and things like that. So um so that you know we want to talk about revelation but you said before we started recording well there's a lot about the end of time outside of the book of revelation as well mm-hmm. so where where what scripture would you go to what scripture would you talk about first say to your son uh <laughs> or, or someone else who's talking about you know how is the world going to end or is the world ending right now what scripture would you go to first yes um i would probably uh, well, I don't know that I would want to actually go there, but I, I would go to the Gospels. There are Gospel accounts, right, that are um, the Synoptic Gospels. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have this um, place where they're talking about the signs that we mm-hmm. should be watching for. But that conversation in those Gospels is centered around the destruction of the temple, mm-hmm. right? So the it's Jesus and the disciples are leaving the temple, and Jesus, um, in my paraphrase kind of says look guys this this stone won't be left unturned like it's going to be destroyed right um and they they all walk away and they're like wait a minute Jesus what do you mean you want to talk a little bit more about that right (laughs) (laughs) can we get some details just a little bit and and it's all kind of said as this private conversation between Jesus and the disciples and Jesus then goes into shorter in the gospel of Mark but um, a much more extended version um in the gospels of Matthew and Luke um this kind of conversation about the signs what we would describe as the signs of the end of time um and there um in Matthew Matthew 24, we see, you know, woe to the woman who is pregnant and who um, is, you know, going to give birth during this time. Jesus talks to the disciples about the possibility of them being either martyred or persecuted for his namesake, right? Um, And so there's there's that kind of mini apocalyptic language found in the gospels um, as well. But I would say this around this conversation is the same that I would say around the book of Revelation, which is we need to look at the context mm-hmm. of yeah. the text itself, yeah. right? right. <laughs> which is the destruction of a major religious symbol uh, yeah. would have been apocalyptic 
for the group that Jesus is talking to, right? Um, And so to try to understand what is happening, right? Why would armies be surrounding Jerusalem, right? These kinds of things that Jesus is pointing to, um, perhaps we're not about some future, distant future that even we are still looking for, but may have been about the way Jesus saw what was unfolding in his very own time. Because the temple is destroyed, of course, by the Romans in 70. Exactly. AD, right? So it's it's kind of what you were saying before about what your sister said, right? It's not so much about the end of the world, but it's the end of the world as we know it. Right? Exactly. And so this, or, or our own end, right? This kind of right. small apocalypses. And, and the end of the world as we know, which I love that, right? It, it seems to happen over and over yes. and over again in different ways, yes. which is why it's I think- just this, happened. Yes, right? right? Which sure. is why these texts yes. resonate with us in mm. the way that, that they do. Isn't that what the Bible often is to us? It's the place we go to when we're looking for answers, right? right? right. I can't right. gather with the people I'm used to gathering with every Sunday. So what right. do I do, right? What does yeah. that mean? Yeah, we yeah. go to the biblical text. We go to our sacred texts for those answers. And they seem relevant to us today, right? They're timeless. And that is why, because in their own context, there was this moment um, of of what seemed to be the end of the world as they knew it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what are the what what kind of comfort do these stories have for us or or message or you know judgment I, and terror? Yeah, <laughs> other than judgment and terror. I'm bringing my baggage again. <laughs> it's very real. It's very real. <laughs> it is hard to let go of, I have to tell you, yeah. right? Even, yeah. even someone who reads and understands the context of Revelation, in my, in my reading of Revelation, it's a very anti-imperial text, right? Yeah. It is a text that is written, um, a lot of the code-like languages is the conversation I had with my son is yeah. really about, I can't speak outrightly to, you know, against the powers that be of my time. And so I'm saying it in a kind of coded way. Um, but what they wanted to see was a different world, right? This is where revelation right. ends, is this vision of a new world, um, new heaven and new earth, but a new world as, as they wanted to see something very different than they were living in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the hope, right? Is this kind of vision of something different than we uh, currently have. All endings have beginnings, um, if you will. And so that ending that we're talking about of the world as we know it um, is an opportunity for a new new beginning. And I think therein lies the hope um, and the positive message. Can I ask a question that is like just bubbling up for me? And that is, um, so, you know, in the, in the creed, and I know the creed's not the Bible, but in the creed, we do talk about, you know, that Jesus will come again. And so what, like, biblically, what does that mean like what do we understand that to mean um because again the the images that i have are of a very literal like destruction of the world and then jesus like descends uh and i'm i'm guessing that probably isn't exactly what i should be expecting but (laughs) so like what are the you know what are the um what types of when we talk about the new heaven and the new earth and the new world and that sort of thing like what what can we be expecting for real 
No, that's a great question. Uh, and, I'm, you know, I was really, I've been thinking um, about this question probably since my son asked. And so, of mm. course, when you guys were like, maybe, I was like, of course, I need to talk to someone else about this. Yeah. Um, and so this is one of the things that I wonder, right, um, is that we know, right, the resurrection of Jesus was a return of mm. Jesus, right? And, and so this, this coming beyond the resurrection um, is a question of, well, what if the resurrection was the coming? What if that was the beginning of the new age and we're just not living into it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a question. It's a question for me, right? Because in the gospels and these gospel accounts where Jesus is telling them to look at these signs, and, you know, kind of cautioning them, well, you'll see these signs, but it's still not the end yet, right? You will see these things happening, but it's still not the end yet. At this point, Jesus is, is still with his disciples, mm-hmm. right? And so, again, contextually thinking about this, uh, the coming would have been his resurrection, right? That would have been a return of Jesus. Um, and, and so um, I think that is something for us to consider is... Um, Jesus is with us, right? Jesus did return. Um, and what if we um, lose, have lost sight of that, looking for, you know, 2050, 2028, whatever that number may be, people are still trying to make those predictions, right? What if we're so busy looking um, at those numbers that we've lost sight of the fact that perhaps that coming has occurred? Um, but certainly... Certainly, Katie, to your point, though, um, the image of Jesus descending from a cloud is also is very clearly in the text as well. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, First Thessalonians, um, I always think about First Thessalonians when I think and I use that image often um, when I'm teaching First Thessalonians is that the concern uh, of of that community in Thessaloniki uh, for Paul was wait, wait, wait. Like this Jesus thing happened after my people died. So what's going to happen to those people, right? right they're they're right, really exactly. concerned about like, they didn't get this message. And so what happens to them? And Paul gives us this imagery of, of Jesus descending, right? And we would be caught up to meet him or maybe us ascending too, right? <laughs> There's this idea of us meeting in the sky in some way. So I always imagine right. it's Jesus descending us ascending um, to, to meet Jesus. And so certainly the gospel writers, as well as Paul, the New Testament writers, had a vision of Jesus returning to the earth and creating or establishing um, a, a different kingdom. And again, I think a vision of something we've, we've never seen before. So there's the, the theologians like to talk about the, the now and not yet, right? Mm. So what you were saying before about Jesus come, you know, Jesus coming in the resurrection, right? Jesus coming back in the resurrection is certainly the, the breaking in of that new age, right? That mm-hmm. these texts talk about. Mm-hmm. And yet it's, it's, not, it's not fully here yet, right? right? I mean, death still has power, right? We, we're talking about this right around all saints, right? It's where we remember in, in liturgical tradition, we remember the saints that have gone before us. And we, mm-hmm. um, and certainly we've seen the power of death in the last 20 months, right? With the <laughs> 5 million people dead uh, in the United, uh, in, in the world, 750,000 in the United States, right? From, from COVID. And so 
while we trust in God's promises and we rejoice in the resurrection and the promise of the resurrection, there's still this longing for something more, right? When death will finally be swallowed up in victory, right? So, so how, like what hope, well, I guess I just talked about that hope, right? What, what did the text say about that? Um, and and I, I, I think we can go back to Revelation, right? That God shall wipe every tear from yeah. your eye, right? That there will be yeah. no more mourning. There yeah. will be no more death, right? And so when we, when we uh, as the writer of, um, of Revelation probably did, right? When we envision this kind of utopia, if you will, this, this world where um, this kind of, uh, you know, the way we think of, um, all the good and perfect things, um, if you will, occur, right? That is what we think of, is a, a world where there is no more death, where there's no more mourning, yeah. where there is happiness. Um, actually, there's eternal light in the book of Revelation, right? right, right. There's no need right. for the sun because God um, is the sun, right? Provides the yeah. sun, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of a beautiful image. Although I wonder how I might sleep. Um, <laughs> I think they, I think in the the heavenly city, yeah, they've got really good blackout, like uh, blinds or like maybe like really like fancy, you know, sleep masks, like the fanciest you could ever imagine. One could, one could (laughs) Well, I want to, I want to go back for just a minute to, you had talked uh, a little bit earlier about that the empire right that the Re- revelation is is anti-empire right and the empire of course that we're talking about in in that context is the roman empire yes right? yes but i i've heard um or my understanding is that you know revelation with all its weird images and and uh you know scary images has spoken over the centuries to other communities, right? Not just the first century um, Jews under the Roman Empire, but but Jews and Christians, um, but other communities that are oppressed, right? Uh, and and that, as you said so well, you know, they want to see a different world because the world that they're living in right now is really bad, <laughs> really yes. oppressive. Yes, I mean this is. And, and this is, I think, what's beautiful about the Bible and the text itself is that there is this timeless element, right, um, to it. We, we, and to your point, an, an oppressed community can look at the book of Revelation and see this vision of a world where there is not this oppression, right? You think of the cargo list um, in the book of Revelation um, where they're enslaved people and they're, you know, all these mm-hmm. goods and services and the interruption of that, right? I think Revelation is pointing that out um, and perhaps a way to critique a system that values things might maybe more than it values the life of the very people um, that's, that feels and sounds familiar to me, right? Yeah. And so as we're mm-hmm. thinking about oppressed communities, as we're thinking about workers, right? Like I, I, I've, over the past six months, I mean, we've heard so much about the workforce, mm. um, the lack of people, right? As we're thinking about the book of Revelation and that kind of the oppressed people, uh, who does it speak to? Um, I think, right? It's, it, it is a way of looking at the world to say, 
um, it doesn't have to be this way, yeah. right? Um, and that's what the pandemic that? gave us is, is it doesn't, we realized it doesn't have to be this way because for about 18 months, it wasn't that way, right? right? right. And how do we value what people, um, what people feel is a sacrifice, right? Going into work over the past right. 18 months felt not just like the joyous, I am going into work and I enjoy teaching, but a bit of that felt like a personal sacrifice mm-hmm. um, because of the fear of what could happen. Um, in, in you know, the moment that we start to kind of monetize that, I think that's mm-hmm. when you start to see this kind of cargo list. Say, right? say just a little, I know what you mean by the cargo list, but can you say just yes. a little more for our listeners about what you mean by that in Revelation? Yes. So, um, uh, there's so the text itself is so rich in imagery <laughs> so it's like where do I go um, yeah, do I want to talk about but that's just what came up when you were talking about oppressed people for me yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was the cargo list and so there's a list um, in the book of Revelation and I'm sorry I don't have the chapter right in front of me it might take me a second to kind of find that um, but it's a list of kind of goods hmm. um, that are being um, traded Um, Mm -hmm. during this kind of first century period. And so it it includes kind of, you know, the normal goods that one would think about. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also, um, part of that cargo list also was enslaved people Mm -hmm. um, as well, right? Which is slavery was a concept in the first century world. Um, And and so um, I'm pointing to that to say that part of, I think what the writer of Revelation is doing is critiquing the system. Yeah. Right, critiquing yeah. the system um, with the, the the woman of Babylon, right? Critiquing right. a system that is drinking right. the wines of the riches of the land, right? Yeah. Um, at the expense, um, more often than not, of the people, right? right. At the expense right. of the at the expense, if you will, of the workers, um, and, and getting and wealthy. Babylon. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just yes. uh, again for our listeners who aren't familiar. Babylon here, obviously. At this point in the first century, Babylon is not a world power, but it, it's it's a it's a what symbol or a, a word for the empire, the Roman for empire. Roman because empire. as you say, you can't you can't write that directly, right? You have to exactly, it. yeah. Exactly. But it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear that it's the Roman empire. Yeah, huh. yeah. I think so, that. Oh, go ahead, Katie. No, go. I was just going to say. I think you know. So the. Catherine, if you have something that's on this topic, then I was going to ask a different question. So go ahead. Well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say, you know, the, the, the thing that gives us hope is that the empire is not that, let me put it positively rather than negatively, (laughs) that God is more powerful than the empire, right? But in the end, it's not Babylon or the Roman empire or the, you know, fill in the blank for whatever empire you're talking about, Mm. you know capitalistic machine that god is more powerful than that and that and that in the end god reigns right is that i mean that's the foundation of the hope i think that in in the midst of all the scary imagery and 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 whatever um god is the foundation of the hope of the oppressed right not their not necessarily their own um power Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry. And I think like, um, sometimes it feels like really irrational and silly to hope for that. (laughs) Um, you know, and I, and, 
and maybe sometimes we can talk ourselves out of it but I think that is like basically that sort of now but not yet like tension <laughs> that we're living in it's like we don't know exactly because the, the 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 language in the scripture is so symbolic right and and they're trying to use pictures and images to get at something that is like incomprehensible and has yet to be seen and so to to hope for that on the one hand feels very silly but on the other hand seems to be the thing um, that can you know that can bring us through our own like mini apocalypses and personal deaths as well as you know the the ones that are coming <laughs> cosmically absolutely i mean hope is is crucial right mm -hmm. i think hope is crucial and this hope and, and and i would even go so far as to say belief right our belief in resurrection is is what i think gives us that hope for mm -hmm. a, another right another vision another way of seeing um it, seeing what we probably have already seen right in so many ways the text has given us this image of the river of life right we've seen the possibility the of the heavenly city we've seen right that we have that vision um and so we can live into that hope Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Enter the Bible podcast. And you can get high quality courses, commentaries, resources, videos, reflections, and much more at the newly relaunched Enter the Bible website at enterthebible.org. Thanks for joining us.